Devin White could learn a thing or two from Le'Veon Bell because Bell has been on a team or two or three or four or five. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Tuesday edition of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. And he is David Harrison at DHarrison. 82. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the Buccaneers. So yes, we are your credentialed media members bringing you the latest in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers world. We are here with you every Monday through Friday along with our everydayers, and we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. And on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, we dive into the best, worst, and most likely scenario for the newly freed wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins as it pertains to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But first, we're going to discuss some lessons that one young buck could learn from a veteran who knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. And that, of course, is former Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, also former Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Le'Veon Bell, which I remembered as I was researching the story because I didn't forget those kinds of things. Recently, Le'Veon Bell appeared on the Steel Here podcast, which I think is a brilliant, honestly, title for a podcast covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Steel Here podcast. And in that podcast appearance, he discussed you know multiple things, but mainly the departure uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. And more importantly for our story here today, the lessons that he learned from that experience. Now, before we dive into Bell's comments and how they can apply to Buccaneers linebacker Devin White specifically right now, but honestly, any young player, uh, let's visit re let's revisit Bell's career and how this whole thing uh, kind of came about. Now, if you don't remember, Le'Veon Bell was an absolute beast in the National Football League for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 2013 to 2017. In that stretch, he landed in three Pro Bowls and made first team all pro twice. Now, at the end of his rookie deal, like a lot of players, Bell wanted a new deal and a big one at that. But the Steelers weren't willing to go as high as he wanted them to or that he thought they should. So they franchise tagged him. Bell responded by playing on the franchise tag that first season and having arguably his best season as a pro, uh, earning his second first team selection as an all pro that year. So then he went into that offseason again, looking for a new deal. Again, the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't want to go as high as he wanted them to go. He didn't want to sign the deal. So they franchise tagged him again. He famously decided to hold out, ended up sitting out the entire 2018 NFL season in search of that new deal that he never got from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, James, I remember that stud off season, and I remember thinking this will be, I don't know, a training camp thing. He'll be back. You know, then he got to the regular season. I was like, all right, by week four, he'll be back. And the next thing you know, he's missing the entire 2018 season. Yep. Leaves Pittsburgh during the 2019 offseason, signs a deal with the New York Jets. Uh, and with the Jets, Bell had the lowest total offensive output he had had since his third year in the league. And he only played six games in that third year. Played 15 for the Jets. Had fewer yard, fewer less total output as an offensive player than he did 
in just six games in his junior season in the National Football League. The next year, he was out of New York on his way to the Kansas City Chiefs where he got two carries in the wild card round, which is two more than I'll ever get granted, but two carries against in the wild card round and a win over the Cleveland Browns, was inactive in the AFC Championship game, win over the Buffalo Bills, and didn't register a single snap in the Super Bowl loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In 2022, Bell started the season with the Baltimore Ravens, 2021 rather, sorry. Bell started the season with the Baltimore Ravens before joining the Bucs for six games, getting playing time in three of those games, but he was inactive for the team's wildcard win over the Philadelphia Eagles and then was waived prior to the divisional, divisional round loss to Los Angeles Rams after Leonard Fournette was able to come back uh, from his injury. All because all of this happened, this career trajectory happened because he didn't like the guarantees in the five-year, $70 million deal that the Pittsburgh Steelers offered him twice. That deal likely would have paid Bell $33 million over the first two years. I understand there were no guarantees in that deal because Pittsburgh, that's just kind of how they construct their veteran deals, right? But they also usually don't release those guys more than two years or less than two years into that new deal. That two years would have paid him $33 million on top of a $10 million signing bonus that he would have got for the contract. So $43 million, essentially minimum. Remember, Bell was one of the most was the, was the best back in the NFL during this time. So you can pretty much say he was going to earn that $43 million. Instead, starting with his deal with the Jets, Bell went on to earn less than $30 million during the rest of his NFL career, according to Spot Track, a number he could have eclipsed easily with the Pittsburgh Steelers in two years and had plenty of NFL life ahead of him. Uh, not only did Bell sacrifice money, but he also left behind a little bit of a negative ending to his legacy in Pittsburgh. This this Le'Veon Bell stuff was a cautionary tale for a lot of NFL players, and it would behoove them, you know, the the current players now, to take a look at that situation and say, "Is this worth it?" You know, in, in my own personal life, I'm not talking about millions and millions of dollars, but I left a job one time that I absolutely loved, a boss that I loved, um, for more money. And I, I gave them the opportunity to match it. They came up short. I left because I wanted to make more money elsewhere. I was with that job for less than six months because it was terrible. So sometimes money isn't everything. Uh, you know, the grass isn't always greener, all those all those cliches. But as this pertains to Devin White, you take a look at this is a franchise that that took him in the top five of the NFL draft. This is a fan base that has adopted and adored him for all of his quirks and all of his faults at times. And this is a, a franchise that has talked for years about building around him, right? Levante David isn't going to be here forever. In fact, we're probably coming up on the end of Levante David's career, whether it's this year or maybe next year. Uh, but, but his time is coming to an end. Devin White could be the face and the focal point of this defense for the next eight years if he chooses to be. Now, David, you and I have said on this podcast a hundred times, our everydayers know what's about to come out of my mouth. We are never going to knock a player for going to get his back. But more plays into this than just the money. And some players learn that only going for the money is not always the 
smartest business or life decision that they make. Yeah, I'll read you a couple of quotes from uh, from the podcast that Levy and Bell was on uh, talking about this stuff. And, and here's one. He says, quote, yeah, it was a little petty, the little guarantee stuff. I'm thinking like, damn, could I have really just ate it? Yeah, I probably could have probably could have really ate it. End quote. Um, and then another quote that I put here on my Bucks game day uh, column about this very topic. He, re- he said, quote, we kept going back and forth. Talking about him and the Steelers. It literally was the guarantee. They weren't budging off of it. I wasn't budging off of it. I didn't want to leave Pittsburgh at the end of the day. That's where I was at. That's where I got drafted, at. especially after going to a different to different teams and seeing how it is when a team has their guy, you're their guy. I was Pittsburgh's guy. And that's I mean, that's the bottom line. That's what Le'Veon Bell gave up. And, le- and let's get so, let's get a couple things clear, right? Again, we're never going to you're never going to criticize a guy for trying to get paid, right? You, everybody wants to get paid. Everybody wants that financial stability. Le'Veon Bell in this conversation, he wanted $15 million a year from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were offering him 14. That's the difference here. And I know a million dollars to like me, James Yarko, most of the people listening to his podcast. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. When you're getting 14 million a year, 1 million a year, that's that's a four. I mean, that's a fourteenth, or it's a fifteenth of what you want. Like you're losing a fifteenth of what you want. But when you take into account uh, the legacy, when you take into account the future opportunities, business opportunities, the local business opportunities, the bonuses, the Pro Bowl checks, the championship checks, the sponsorship deal, like you can make that. That's why Tom Brady was never the highest paid player in in the league because he's making all this money elsewhere. And sometimes players forget this. And then the other side of this, you you already mentioned cliche: the the grass isn't always greener. Um, but a lot of times people use this, use this thing. I'm betting on myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with people betting on themselves, but sometimes these situations, and I think Le'Veon Bell's situation was this, you're not betting on yourself. Sometimes what you're doing is you're going all in when you don't realize you've already won, like you've already won. You bet on yourself by going to Michigan state instead of to, to start and, and to be a contributor instead of going to like an Alabama and being a backup. That's when you bet on yourself. You bet on yourself by coming out a year early. I don't, I'm not, I'm no longer speaking about Bell specifically or Devin White specifically, but I'm just saying, like, there are times where you do. Yes, you bet on yourself, but understand when you've won. And if you're Devin White, like between the love and adoration the Buccaneers fan base has for you, the media support that you had behind you up until last year, some of the negativity, and then the public display of this contract dispute, that's the only time Devin has really lost any of this real grip on on the majority popularity right some people have been criticizing Devin white from the day he got drafted that's fine that's going to happen but we're talking majority here and Devin has a very good opportunity to make some money now look if they're five million dollars away all right like if you feel like you're worth 20 million a year they're offering you 15 million a year okay maybe that's different you know what i mean because now over the life of three years you're talking 15 mil like that's a lot no matter how much you make you know what i mean but if you're one mil even two mil away bro you can make like Stay in Tampa, go down to the local like 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 Tampa Chevy dealership, sign yourself a sponsorship deal. You'll be all right. You'll make it back. Um, but we've got more to talk about. Speaking of free agents, speaking of, well, not free agents, but players looking for money, James, DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent free from the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to talk about that scenario, what it could mean for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in multiple different ways. That's coming next on today's episode of Lockdown Bucks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day and if you're looking for a delicious snack but you don't want all the sugar and the calories then you've got to try built bar built is the best tasting protein bar ever you've got to try this built bars are healthy and they taste amazing they taste so amazing you won't even realize that they're good for you they're all covered in 100 real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie 
and cookies and cream. These bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros with just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and they pack 17 grams of protein. And the best part is you can get them right at your door through built.com, or you can drive down to your local Walmart or your local Sam's Club and grab yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puff at Walmart. You can get brownie batter puff and churro puff at Sam's Club, or you can get all of that plus some more at built.com. Hopefully you got in on the Memorial Day sale that happened at built.com, but if you missed it, don't worry. There's another sale, another limited time release or a new flavor right around the corner. So however you're gonna get your built bars, you gotta try this. Thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day today and every day. Every day has come back tomorrow. James will be joined, I do believe, by Evan Klosky of WTSP 10 Tampa Bay for WTSP Wednesday. So that should be fun. It's a lot of fun. I know some of our listeners prefer that episode over the rest of those episodes. I'm not hurt. It's okay. How does DeAndre Hopkins's free agency uh, affect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So for those of you who don't pay attention to the Arizona Cardinals, I don't blame you. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, is a free agent and can go wherever he wants. Doesn't matter where he wants to go. He can go as long as they can pay him. If this was still the Tom Brady Bucks, they may have a chance to land him. However, regardless of the Bucks being extremely unlikely to land DeAndre Hopkins, it doesn't mean that where he lands is not going to impact the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Nick Shook of NFL.com did some heavy lifting and laid out the most likely landing spots for the five-time Pro Bowler based on what Hopkins said he's looking for, which is a stable franchise, a quarterback that loves the game as much as he does, and a great defense. He said that on a recent podcast. I want to say it's I Am Athlete uh, podcast. Now, that led Shook to develop a list of top seven candidates that involve the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Detroit Lions, the Baltimore Ravens, the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans, who have fired back-to-back head coaches after one year each, have a rookie quarterback and not a good defense, and the Dallas Cowboys, who uh, have Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and almost nothing else because they re-signed nobody and drafted pretty much nothing but defensive role players. So, James, of that list of seven, obviously we've kind of already eliminated two that we don't think is going to happen because it doesn't make any sense other than the fact that he loves the state of Texas, and that's great. He can visit because he's got lots of money. What is the worst case scenario of all those teams that we just named? Which team landing DeAndre Hopkins is the worst case scenario for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Obviously, it's the Carolina Panthers. If DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Carolina Panthers and the Buccaneers have to face him uh, you know, twice a year, that is, that's awful for Tampa Bay. DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now, and adding him to the mix in the NFC South even with a rookie quarterback, you know, with kind of a rebuilding team, that's the kind of like cornerstone player that could start to launch the um, the resurgence of a team like the Carolina Panthers. So yeah, you don't want to you don't want to see that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Especially when you look at the fact that you're playing the Carolina Panthers in December and January. And we used to always say December was the most important month for football. Well, now January, like December and January, are the most important month and a half of football, right? Because that's the final stretch of the regular season. And by the time you get to DeAndre Hopkins with the Carolina Panthers, he's had all of those weeks to get into sync with Bryce Young. I didn't say CJ Stroud. I almost did, though. Um, and so that's that's a very, very bad situation. But here's what I will say, too, though. Just 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 to be a little bit 
uh, counterintuitive on this whole thing, or just to be just to be a little bit argumentative, because I know when you like when I get just a little argumentative. If they, it's kind of like Thursday night football, right? Um, when you see Thursday night games, what do we all do? We all cringe. We hate it. Like unless you're getting tickets and going to the game, you hate it, right? But now if your team wins. Like if you're a Bucks fan, you're like, oh, I can't believe they got Thursday night. This sucks. It's, you know, nobody cares about player safety. But if you come out of Thursday night healthy and with a win, what's the conversation Friday morning? Oh man, extra bye week. We got all this extra time. We got ten days to get ready for whoever. The, you know what I mean? So if you face DeAndre Hopkins twice this season as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you come out on top and you come out healthy. I mean, we can look back like that could be like December, January football. We'd be like, man, that Buccaneers defense really picked up in December, January. And when we're talking in the playoffs and you ask Jamel Dean or Carlton Davis or Antoine Winfield Jr., but hey, man, like what really kind of sparked this December, January run you guys have had just amazing football? Oh, man, well, facing guys like DeAndre Hopkins in Carolina, for example, that really tests us and kind of picks us up, makes us better. So I think we all agree it's the worst case scenario, right? But if we get to mid-January, end of January, the Bucs are in the postseason, we could actually look back on that time. Uh, and say that it was actually a positive. But again, that's just me being argumentative for the sake of being argumentative. I would much rather just see him go somewhere else like the Houston Texans, because that's my best case scenario, is for DeAndre Hopkins. You know what? Just go home. All the people that he had a problem with in Houston, they're gone now. Uh, somebody talked about him going to the New England Patriots. Bill O'Brien nope. is coaching the New England Patriots. Why you think DeAndre Hopkins would go play for Bill O'Brien ever again is beyond me. But anyway... Bell's not in Houston. Nobody involved in that whole debacle, from my understanding, is in Houston anymore. Uh, they don't have the great quarterback. They do have a rookie that maybe he believes in. Okay. They don't have a great defense. Again, they fired back-to-back -back head coaches and back-to-back -back seasons. Um, D'Amico Ryans, I feel like he's going to be, you know, the, the breaker of that trend, and that's fine. But I just don't think that the Houston Texans meet a lot of the criteria. But the Buccaneers don't, don't have to worry. I mean, look, if you're losing to the Houston Texans, I don't care if they have DeAndre Hopkins or not. You're already in bigger problems than, than anything else. So that's not – while it's going to impact your schedule, it's not going to impact your season, if you feel me. Um, and you don't have to worry about potentially seeing them in the postseason because even if you lose to them and you cry about that but you still made it to the postseason, the Houston Texans are not making it to the playoffs and they're definitely not making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I can absolutely see the, the logic there. My best case scenario for, for DeAndre Hopkins signing is actually a two-sided coin, but I'm going to focus on just the Buccaneers aspect of it right terrible. now. The best case scenario is the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason is, is first and foremost, they're in the AFC. Okay, so you don't have to worry about facing him at all in 2023. But not only that, the Buccaneers would not play the Baltimore Ravens again for three more seasons, which means by oh. time Baltimore rolls back around on the schedule, we are talking about 34-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, and he is no longer, I would assume, which we know what assuming can do, but I would, I would guesstimate that DeAndre Hopkins is not the top 10 wide receiver in the NFL yeah. at 34 that he is right now entering a season where he will be 31. So we're talking Fox sports analyst, DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Then. So the, the best case scenario, like the Houston Texans, the Bucs play them this year. And, and as you laid out, if you're losing to the Houston Texans, even with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, you probably have bigger problems. But what's better than facing a bad team with DeAndre Hopkins? Not facing DeAndre Hopkins at all which is exactly what the Baltimore Ravens situation would do 
for the Bucks. So I will I, listen. I saw you write this, and I already told you pre-recording. You didn't tell me what you were going to say, and that's good. But but I was giving you crap for it. But I will tell you, like that next level thinking. I you know what? I applaud your selection. I do. See, I I I told you I had my reasons, but I have even more reasons than that why that is the best case scenario, and that is coming up on the other side here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Wrapping things up here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Bucks podcast, we talked about the best and worst case scenarios for the DeAndre Hopkins free agency as it pertains to the Buccaneers. Now, I said when I labeled the Baltimore Ravens, the best case scenario that it was a two-sided coin time to get to the other side of that because David we're going to talk about the most likely landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins and mine along with the best case scenario is the Baltimore Ravens to me it makes the most sense they are in an insanely competitive division with the Cincinnati Bengals who are just a juggernaut you have the Cleveland Browns looking to improve off of last year when they dealt with the Deshaun Watson suspension and they're through all that. He's going to have the full offseason to work with them. They're expecting big things. And of course, you can never, ever, ever, ever count out Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So DeAndre Hopkins, this is the best case scenario for him. He gets to go and play with a quarterback that he is already you know, gushed over in the public sphere, talking about how he would love to play with Lamar Jackson. And it's a, a division that they can win. It's a division where he would be the number one focus for the Baltimore Ravens, and he would get to put himself twice a year on the field against Jamar Chase, who is widely considered one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. And Hopkins can sit there and go, all right, we have, we have ourselves a new rivalry. I'm going to outplay Jamar Chase every single chance that I get. They are a playoff contender. They are a Super Bowl contender. And then he gets to play with Odell Beckham Jr., who mm, will he play all six, all 17 games? I don't know. Yes. But now Baltimore has their number one in Hopkins, and they still have another threat in OBJ. That's going to be a very tough team to defend. It sets him up for personal and team success. Yeah, look, Baltimore is a good landing spot for DeAndre. Like, I have Baltimore as one of my top two spots that I would tell DeAndre Hopkins to go and sign with that team, but they're number two. They're not number one. The team that I would tell DeAndre Hopkins to go sign with is the Kansas City Chiefs because, look, let's let's be honest here. DeAndre Hopkins won't say this publicly because it's not a thing that players will, will ever want to say publicly. He's ring chasing. Like, this man is in his 30s. He wants some money. He does, you know, Everybody wants to get paid a little bit, but he also wants to win a ring. Yeah, he wants the stable team. Yeah, he wants the great defense because that makes your life easier on offense. Yeah, he wants the electric quarterback because, again, as a receiver, that pumps you up. That makes you better. But he also wants a ring. The Kansas City Chiefs are the only team to have all three. Bottom line, they've got a good defense. I wouldn't say great, but I'm going to get into that a little bit more. He's got, They've got the best quarterback in the NFL today, and you've got arguably the most stable situation the NFL has in the Kansas City Chiefs front office. Um, so when you look at all those things, he checks out, except for the defense, right? Well, listen to this statistical breakdown. In 2022, the Kansas City Chiefs had the 16th-ranked scoring defense in the league, allowed 21.7 points per game. Not the greatest average, not the worst average, right? But here's an interesting stat that I found. Per game, the Kansas City Chiefs defense allowed 220.9 yards passing per game. That's 18th in the NFL. 
you look at that and you say, right, he that doesn't meet what DeAndre Hopkins wants. But here's the thing. They only gave up 6.07 yards per pass play. That was sixth best in the NFL. So when you have that big of a discrepancy, sixth best average per play, 18th average per game, what does that mean? That means people are throwing the ball a lot. Why are they throwing the ball against Kansas City Chiefs a lot? Because they score the ball a lot. Why are they scoring the ball a lot? Because guys like Travis Kelsey and some of the receivers are getting into the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins should absolutely want part of that. Now, I did the math here. In order for teams to average that amount of yards passing per pass play and that amount of yards passing per game, James, they have to throw the ball an average of 37 times per game. Four quarterbacks did that in 2022. Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Tom Brady, which means when you're playing the Bryce Youngs of the world, when you're playing the C.J. Strouds of the world, when you're playing the Colt McCoys of the world, they're going to have to throw the ball at the same rate that some of the best quarterbacks in the league today are doing it. That's a good recipe for success. Obviously, the Chiefs can win a Super Bowl because they just won a Super Bowl and they've won two in the last handful of years. If you're DeAndre Hopkins, you can go get a little bit of money. The Chiefs only have a million in cap right now, but they can easily free up 15 million by just getting Joe Tooney and Travis Kelsey to agree to take a little bit of a bonus check, which, oh no, twist my arm, give me millions of dollars right now instead of later on down the road. And now you can pay him. So again, when you look at when you look at the opportunity to win a ring, when you look at the opportunity to get paid, when you look at the opportunity to have the stability you've been looking for, the Kansas City Chiefs check all those blocks. But the Baltimore Ravens are a close second in my book, followed by the Buffalo Bills, because I don't think their defense is all that great, guys. I, I completely understand exactly where you're coming from, and I certainly won't discount the Kansas City Chiefs as a likely landing spot. Before we started recording, I had mentioned Carolina. Um, as as a likely landing spot, but that is predicated mm. more on the the idea of okay, he has his criteria, he has his um, his things that he's looking for in a team, but would that trump a gigantic fat bag of cash, which is the complete opposite of what we just talked about to open the show with Devin White and and, and Le'Veon Bell, but. Not all players are going to stick to that criteria when somebody says, hey, we are going to give you vastly more money than any other team. And Carolina has like the second or third most cap space right now. So they could absolutely say, look, I know we have a rookie quarterback. I know we have a new head coach, uh, but we're in a division that if you come play for us for $18.5 million a year right now, uh, we can win. We can win the the division and we can get a chance to get into the playoffs while we continue to get better. That could be kind of intriguing. As far as no. your, your idea of Hopkins' ring chasing, which I do agree with, I do think he is looking for a team that is a contender right this moment. I would agree that the top three, and you can really put them in any order, options for him are Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo. If he really yeah. wants that ring. Here's what you do if you're D Hop. You go get 18 and a half million from Carolina because if they're willing to give you 18 and a half million, you just take that, you sit through your six win season, you stay as healthy as you possibly can, you make all the business decisions in the world. And then next year, you call up Odell Beckham and you say, Hey, bro, where are we going to go get this ring? And then you sign for a lesser deal somewhere else. You basically combine these ideas. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I mean, and and again. There, there are dominoes that are going to fall based on his decision that could affect 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, I stick with the only thing that would surprise me more than DeAndre Hopkins going to the Carolina Panthers would be JJ Watt not going to the Pittsburgh Steelers and going to the Arizona Cardinals, which happened. So, yeah, that would be a pretty shocking thing to have happen. Um, honestly, and, and the biggest surprise, I, I would be less surprised by DeAndre Hopkins going to Carolina than I would be him going to Detroit. And if yeah, that doesn't make sense either. And of course, we can never count out the Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones just writes checks to everybody. It doesn't make sense all either. the time. But with that, we are going to get out of here. Everydayers, make sure you are coming back tomorrow to check out what Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay has to say. But in the meantime, if you have questions, ideas, thoughts, topics, uh, complaints, anything at all, of course, you can drop them in the live chat, in the YouTube comments, or you can email us at LockedOnBucks at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day, for making us part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Tampa Bay Buccaneers related that you want to know, want to discuss, or, you know, want to argue about, because, you know, we don't always agree. We can have healthy and respectful debates. Those are always fun. We can do so on Twitter. I'm at jarco underscore bucks. David is at dharrison82. And of course, the show is at Locked on Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.